Tannehill. Under pressure, going to throw it deep, has his man open down the middle of the field, and he's got him. A.J. Brown to the end zone for the touchdown. 91 yards. Welcome along to the Transatlantic Titans podcast. I am back after what feels like ages. I'm Adam. I was, wasn't here last week. Greg was filling in hosting. In fact, just to rub salt in the wounds while I wasn't here, um, that was the week that you go and get the Irish Titans on. So I missed that. Thanks. I appreciate it. That would, that would have been fun. Uh, but it was a fun listen. Um, very entertaining. And just like last week, we've still got a winning team to talk about. Which which is fantastic. Uh, Greg is here as as well. Neil and Harry and Miles are all here. We might even get Brian to join us at some point. He's he might dial in. Um, this is how we roll. Uh, just just random people joining. Harry was in the pub until about ten minutes ago. Um, yeah, yeah. What, I'm, what I'm pretty you? proud of this now. <laughs> um, so we we decided after work. It's getting close towards Christmas. Um, we must go out on a little unofficial Christmas do. So, of course, we did that via pool and uh, about six pints each in about a two-hour period. So, uh, look forward to my intros throughout the evening and uh, hope it goes all okay for the rest of us. But I did lose, which was the worst thing. Um, okay, this, this is going to be interesting. Um, I'm sober. So any any incompetence from me is just incompetence. I can't blame the booze. Um, <laughs> uh, hello, Miles, Neil, and Greg. By the way, um, hello. Evening. Oh, are we all good? <laughs> yeah, I'm, fine. I'm, I'm drunk fine. on Tannehill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, drunk, I'm drunk on a winning Titans team at the moment. <laughs> I'm uh, live from my boudoir where the magic used to happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, rip, rip roaring stuff boys <laughs> we're, in, we're, in, we're into the week now <laughs> okay let's kick off with greg you've got you've become a sort of quiz master on this podcast um which is great let's you've got something again um I have, but to be honest, I want to see uh, Neil's boudoir now, to be honest. I, uh, <laughs> I, I want to move on as quickly as possible <laughs> from Neil's yes. boudoir. I have, uh, yes, I have another quiz as well. It's one question once again. So uh, the first quiz we did was uh, loads and loads of different questions and went horrendously bad. And then the uh, last quiz we did was a couple of weeks ago because the Irish boys were on last week. So we, um, and that was all to do with uh, starting quarterbacks for the Tennessee Titans. And that actually went really, really well. So this week, uh, it's a little bit more difficult, but I want you guys to name all of our Tennessee Titans receivers any receiver who's had over 100 receptions as a Titan doesn't include any of them. Okay. Nate, Washington. <coughs> Nate Washington. Nate Washington is one. 307 receptions. Oh, sorry. Whoever said that cut out completely. Kenny. 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 On the list. 157. Somebody did kill Kenny in the end. Um... Uh, I will go with Derek Mason. Derek Mason. Yep. Top of the list, 414 reception. Uh, Justin Gage. Yeah, good shout. 
is a is a great name, uh, a great shout. 137 receptions on the list. Kendall Wright. Kendall Wright is on the list. 280. I need to write down which ones we've got and which ones we haven't. So carry on, boys. This is actually we... quite quite tricky because. Are it's... We... Sorry, Harry. Are we tight ends? Yeah, any anyone who oh uh, tight ends as well. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. So any, receiver, any receiver who's yeah, done yeah. over a hundred. So Delaney Walker's on there. Yeah, Delaney Walker is Frank, on one. Frank Wycheck, I imagine. Frank Wycheck, two hundred fifty-six. Yeah. So Craig Delaney Stevens. Walker, Craig Stevens is. Oh, he's not got that many, surely. Not on the list. So long on team as well. What about oh, someone like Bo Scaife or? Scaife's on the list, 251 receptions. Algie Crumpler. Yeah. Uh, well, was he a Titan long enough? That's that's the thing, Crumpler. Not, not on the list. Mm. Okay. Has uh, anyone said Nate? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Nate Washington. Washington. Yeah, Washington's been called. Uh, Kevin Dyson. Kevin Dyson is not on the list. <laughs> He should be. He should be, but he's not. Derek Mason. He is on the list. Apologies, I missed him completely. 155. He was on the list. Apologies. Uh, Derek Mason. Yep. Yeah, we've said that. Uh, 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 I'm struggling. I'm... Um, if it's just receptions, I'll, I'll be so far up. Chris Johnson, did he get involved that much? Johnson, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, wow, that's a lot. Richard oh, Matthews. Uh, Richard Matthews is on the list. 121. Uh, let me try and see how many we've got. We've got um, still quite a few to get, boys. There's 18 in total. If uh, the onlookers could catch all the screens, would add up. That's right. <laughs> he's not. He's not been a titan long enough, has he? <laughs> um, I'm not having Justin Hunter. He would horrendous, wasn't he? No, you're not. There's one. I'm, there's one. I'm quite amazed that you guys haven't got yet. Delaney Walker. We've already got Delaney. 1999 to 2003. Said. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Drew. Oh, yeah. White guy receiver. The one, the one I'm talking about. We've pretty much all met him. I think all met him anyway. What? Eddie oh, George. yeah, you said Eddie George. Oh, yeah, okay. Eddie George. All right, all right, all right. right. <laughs> yeah. Come on, boys. Come on. Oh, why? Why can't I think of? <laughs> that was embarrassing. I'll be honest. That was embarrassing. That was, that was shocking. We're letting the listeners have time to uh, answer that all. We're just giving everyone else a chance. Everyone else a chance. Fair enough. So we are missing one. Two, three. Any more running back? We're, we're missing six. We're missing six. Um, yeah. The one, the one. Most of them are towards the bottom of the list. One now plays for the Saints. Oh, 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 oh! Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Jared Cook. Jared, yeah, no, Jared, yeah. Jared Cook. Yeah, 131 between 2009 and 2012. Um, who else are we missing? Beast on Madden, by the way. Excellent. He's good. Yeah. He's also he's also having a great season, once again. 
So there's uh, the one the one that we're missing, uh, 2010 to 2013, 106 receptions. Oh, I should be able to get this, surely. Wide receiver. He, I believe he was. Just double check now. 2010 <laughs> to 2013. It's been a while, boys. Yeah, wide receiver. Uh, slept since then. Did we draft him? We did draft him in 2010. Rydell Williams. <laughs> no, no, surely not. Surely not. Uh, the right surname, Williams. Yeah, went on to play for the Dolphins and the Rams. This what? 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 This isn't ringing any bells. No, same here. I'm thinking right. of Ryan Williams, but that's a footballer. I don't know. I'm mixing up names here. Williams. Damien Williams. Oh, Damien Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He'd be, uh, he'd be near the body. He was, yeah, 106 special teams guy as well. But, uh, so there's uh, two more, two more to get, boys. Two more to get. Yeah. Uh, running back. Mm. There is just prior to CJ. Not Lendell White. One is no. a tight, one is one is a tight end, and one's a wide receiver. Uh, uh, Henry, the not Derek Henry, the, the other Henry. No. Yeah, Chris. So one's got 106 receptions also between 2004 and 2007. And one's got 112 receptions between 2005 and 2008. So before some of our times. Ben Troop. Ben Troop is on the list, 106. Yes, well done. Right, there's one more to go. He was a wide receiver for us. We drafted him in 2005. Uh, went on after us to play for the 49ers and the Seahawks and on the practice squad of the Ravens before finishing up in 2011. 49ers and Seahawks. Well, I'm struggling. Yeah, me too. Anyone else? Yeah, I'm not getting there. No. Brandon Jones. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's, he he popped he popped into my head, but his name didn't about two minutes ago and then disappeared. Yeah, uh, I think we've got oh, the rest. Li- so, uh, leading the list, Derek Mason, 414, followed by Delaney Walker, 360, Nate Washington, 307, Kendall Wright, 280, Drew Bennett, I think we said, 273. Yeah, uh, Drew Bennett, yeah. He went to Rams after us, I think. If I remember Chris right. Johnson, Chris Johnson, 272, Frank Wycheck, Bo Scaife, Eddie George, Aaron Kinney, uh, Kenny Britt, uh, Kevin Dyson, Justin Gage. Jared Cook, Richard Matthews, Brandon Jones, Damien Williams, and Ben Troop. That is a correct up until the end of last season. So they might, I don't know if anyone else has passed 100 so far this season, but I don't think, I don't remember I'd be it being. surprised if any, any of the, yeah, I, don't, I would doubt it. The, it does show, a valid slip, could lead into, <laughs> lead into um, the Raiders game with this. It shows that it's been, a, it's a position. Not that's not a tight end where we've had Delaney Walker um so much, but wide receivers a position that the Titans just have never had. Where Derek Mason tops the list. Um you've got to go back to the Oilers days, really, and the, the run and shoot run and shoot guys, so the Jeffries, Givens, Duncan, people like that. Um since then we've not we've just not had anyone at that position that I would call elite or prolific. Um we might just have someone with AJ Brown. Yeah. If he he's going to be breaking these records, I can't I can't see any yeah, other. Yeah, I mean, AJ AJ at the moment 
uh, leads receivers in yards, I believe, and touchdowns, which is great um, for us. I've just traded for him in a fantasy league as well, which is Dynasty, which makes me even happier because um, the guy accepted two Jets. I mean, who would do that? Um, can I play with? Can I play in that league? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're more than welcome. With this guy. <laughs> It'll be a train crash for everyone. Um, but I just think he played a really good game. Obviously, he gets open in separation, which is something that we look for in Corey Davis a lot more than I think he's probably given us. Um, his routes have always been solid when he was in uh, college, but he's not necessarily translated that to the pro game. And it's been a bit of the same, really. Um, whereas with AJ, he's he's brought that to us as an offense. We know that we can put him in max protect where there's only two routes and he'll beat his man. Um, and you saw that with that 92-yard touchdown where he just burnt his man and ran angry for the rest of the catch, um, which is something that I think that we've missed as as an offense anyway. I only, I only managed to watch sort of bits of the game, but I thought that was a bit that stood out for me that he just grabbed that and, and then really took it to the Raiders' defence where I think they almost tapped out a little bit after that, especially going towards the second half. It felt like, and obviously you can use the run to set up the pass, but that was almost a moment, that 90-yarder, which did it, did it put 14-7 ahead, I think, at that point. It was mm-hmm. like, you're, we're, we're setting up the run with the pass a little bit. And it, when we, you, yeah. the Titans are doing that, this this is a different team, lads. I mean, it, it's Tannehill. Yeah, okay, the threat, you know, the play action's being used a lot. But when you suddenly got AJ Brown doing things like that in the back of your mind as the defense, and we've we then show Derek Henry, who's running on what forty fifty percent with with this hamstring, which is a concern, by the way. And um, but where where you've got that deep threat with with Brown, Henry's just cashing in. And he he, mm-hmm. he was barely running. And he's still got another 100-yard game. No, yeah. it's, don't, sadly, don't, don't be surprised. Just go on. Oh, so sadly, not every defense will be the Raiders that we've got, we've got coming up. But you know, having said that, the def- defense isn't, isn't the threat with the Texans. So they're, they're going to struggle to stop this offense. It's, it's weird how we're suddenly... Everything's arse about face from how it, how it was week five, week six. And we're... Rather than talking about a, a great defense that needs some help from the offense, it's almost got to the point it's <laughs> the other way around. We're yeah, good to I, watch. I, we are very entertaining to watch. I actually enjoy Sundays, which I don't know how many other people have been able to say that for the past few seasons. Oh, I'm still um, a nervous wreck. <laughs> <laughs> it's nervous and enjoyable. It's it's a roller coaster, is what it is. But it's uh, it's one that actually has a good good ending at the moment, and hopefully it continues. Um, I'm half expecting Corey Davis to have a bit of a big game this weekend because I think there's going to be a lot of attention on Brown and they all know how they need to stop Henry. And I think it might be me more hoping that we see Corey Davis show the talent of a first-round pick. But I wouldn't be surprised if this weekend he has a pretty good um, game. Fingers crossed, anyway. I think Brown is going to get a lot of attention. He already does, but I think there's going to be more and more about it. He's getting so much national and worldwide press about how he's becoming this elite. Because is he leading now amongst rookies? Is it just between him and Metcalf? I think it's Seattle. Um, so that sort of reputation is only going to get you guarded by more high-quality um, DBs, leaving Davis to 
well, hopefully show us, um, yeah, talent that he should have had when we drafted him so early. I'm worried about Corey Davis. I'll be honest. I mean, we're really mm. prolific. We're really prolific at minute. I mean, top five offense over the last eight games since Daniel's been started, and he's a peripheral figure, which should not be happening. Is it because he can't get open, or is it because others are getting open more and others are showing that they're more dangerous? But for a for a team that's scoring thirty plus points a game, and I suppose the number one wide receiver is really on the fringes, which for me is is quite worrying. He's not he's not number one anymore, is he? I mean, no, I, I, no. I, it's this is his problem, not ours. That's the way I'm looking at this. I mean, I, I don't want to. I haven't. No offense to Corey Davis, but I haven't fallen in love with him like I did with Marcus or I am with AJ Brown right now. If if he either he steps up or we've we've not got a lot to lose really. He's he's only on, he's on a rookie contract, and um, we've got other guys stepping up in that position. Um, yeah, if if he if he responds in a positive way, great. If not, so be it. Um, does that sound a bit cold? I don't I know. Think I've, seen, I, I've seen some good things from him, though. I think there's, it's just like I agree with Neil, he's just on the periphery at the moment. And I think last year he was getting a lot of kind of double coverage because we didn't really have anyone else. Uh, but this year we've got ourselves into a situation where we've got AJ Brown, tight ends are, are stepping up with Ferkser, Jonu, um, especially those two are really stepping up. Um, yeah, he's still on the periphery. I think he had two receptions on Sunday, if I remember correctly, um, of which, I mean, they were both decent, averaging about 17 yards. But, you know, in the red zone, I can't remember the last time he caught a yeah. red zone part. Actually, I think there was one game, maybe the Chargers, I think, earlier this year that he caught had you know had a touchdown in the red zone. He just doesn't have the explosiveness that AJ has. But at the same time, I, 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 have, I did kind of buy into him a little bit last year because he was probably the only receiver we had last year, realistically. Uh, but now we've got other threats. He's, he's certainly falling down the pecking order. It doesn't feel like he's done a lot wrong, but he's not doing much right either. Is that is that fair? I feel like we've, we've discussed this before, though. Like, Corey Davis is a good player, and we all know he's a good player, and we all know he can perform at a high level. But the the caveat will always be that we drafted him fifth overall, and that's where, in previous drafts, you're looking at Julio Jones, AJ Green, Sammy Watkins, that kind of player. And we've got Corey Davis, who's performing like a top-end second-rounder. I, f- I feel sometimes, though, that, that too much focus stays on where a player was drafted, you know, whatever position they are. And yeah, yeah a- AJ, think... AJ Brown's a second-rounder, which is great, but you can, it's easy to get distracted by that. You know, our, our roster now is what it is, regardless of where these guys came from. And I, I just think if you're t- if you're taking a wide receiver at five, you've got to be sure, you've got to be really sure that they're a game changer because you can look at a, a, a player with raw skills like AJ Brown, where he's got brilliant after catch ability, physical tools, but he needs some refinement and get them further down the draft. We are looking at Corey Davis at number five, which is let's face it, that's quarterback range. We're looking at Corey Davis at number five as a complete article. And that's that's what that's when you take a wide receiver that high in my, in my opinion. If you're hundred percent sure, then you spend that capital. If you're not, then you don't. And I think as a fifth overall pick, look down the years, people like Calvin Johnson were in that range. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I, I get I get what you're saying, and and at, at the time, from what I remember, it was everyone thought we were drafting a cornerback or 
a DB in that in that yeah. spot, and we yeah. then we flipped it. We drafted a Dory further further down the first round. Um, but that's that's all done. You know, that's that's two yeah. two yeah. years ago, and this this is where we are now. And I'm 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 fine with where we are, where we are now, Jim. I mean, Corey Davis. I it's yeah. If if he you know, as I say, if he finds finds himself great. If if not, I'm not too concerned about that position right now. You know, you, where we've had you know, Adam Humphreys has come in and he's great. He's not set the world alight, but each game he seems to get more more receptions. Even even Tajay Sharp, he seemed to have two or three big third down catches. Um, yeah, it's a really underrated player, Tajay Sharp. Is the is the kind of player Tajay Sharp I feel like could make like a signature play in a massive game, and that's the only thing he does. But yeah, it does it. Yeah. It does it really well, and you can trust him to do it. But how about some love for the guy that's throwing all these passes to <laughs> to these guys? I mean the the game started in well, we we weren't comfortable, were we? Because the Colts had lost, the Texans had lost, and we're going into this. Oh, well, this is opportunity to cash in. We should beat the Raiders. We're expected to beat the Raiders. We get the ball first. We drive the ball down the field, looking great, and then suddenly there's this weird tip interception that is nearly a pick six and then there's the best tackle you've ever seen <laughs> um, and you think okay here we go again the Raiders score but then but this is a different team you know we've we come back out ignore what's just happened Tannehill straight back down the field Henry scores a touchdown and we're, we're just on the front foot you know, not I, even concerned about drive- what's gone before yeah, I think that drive after our tip tip pass inception where Reese Hurst started trundling along the ground and Tannehill tackled him, that drive afterwards really set the tone for what the Titans believed that they could do for the rest of the game, um, which was a run-first offence with a little bit of pass mixed in. Um, obviously, we managed to do a, a little bit more than that, but we, we really managed to show what, as an offence, we we're becoming really. I think I saw a stat the other day that we're we're third in the NFL since Tannehill took over, um, with yards per game and points per game or something like that. Um, we're really becoming like an offense that teams don't want to play. Um, it's it's great to see as a Titans fan. You've always been worried once our offense got on the field of, oh, what are they going to do? Is it going to be a three and out? Are we going to be able to get the field position game and and let can do something amazing on the punt game. But right now, as Tannehill leading our offense, you always feel that there's that little bit of belief. Although he may have ballsed up on the last play, he's going to make up for it and he's going to do something that's good. And with Henry in that running game and AJ that we talked about, Davis probably getting a little less attention because of that. And John Lou Smith, who I think has been really underrated, and our offensive line starting to mould together. I'm excited every time our offense goes on the field, which I've not been in a couple of years, to be perfectly honest. Um, and that 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 drive after the the interception really proved a point to me. Yeah, and and we just carried it on. So, well, let, let let's talk about the defense a little bit because uh, you you mentioned that with you're not nervous watching our offense, and it's it's enjoyable to watch our offense. I felt in the first half that actually I've the defense has given me a few butterflies because while we were we were scoring, so were the Raiders, and there was that that blown coverage mm-hmm. 
touchdown um for sort of 50 odd yards for a receiver's first catch in the nfl um and then i'm thinking okay we, we're gonna have to do something can the offense can we actually win a game like 50 48 like the 49ers did in new orleans or are the defense gonna sort this out and for about the 57th game in a row with dean pease in charge he's looked at it at half time and made some changes whether that's a rocket up people's backsides, I don't know. But the Raiders didn't score a point in the second half. It was, like, it was it looked for the, all the world like we were just going to struggle all day. The, f- the first half was just blow for blow. It was we we were throwing something at them, they were throwing it back at us, and so on and so forth. Um, but that was that was there was there was re- I was really worried about the first half defensive performance. I knew they were going to step it up in the second half. I was just hoping that it was going to be enough. And and in the end, they stepped up to a point where. Uh, the Raiders kind of got showed for really what they are. Let's face it, they're they're not they're not a great offense, and Derek Carr's not a great quarterback. And yeah, we did exactly what we needed to do. What impressed me the most about the the second half performance was was for me, you didn't have a you didn't really have Derek Henry there properly for that second half. Um, we had to run run the ball through Dion Lewis, and uh, I think he was averaging about just under three yards. Yeah, per carry. So we had to go to the to the passing game, uh, and it just worked to treat everything that we everything we tried was was just coming off well. Um, but yeah, first half I was I was the first person sitting there moaning about how the defense were just sloppy and sluggish and and not really getting into the game. Um, but I think if we get into halftime against any team and we're we're in it. Uh, we're a score score off it. I fancy us in the second half to always pull through and and, and give ourselves the best opportunity to win. The the depleted secondary was worrying me. We've we've, we've mm-hmm. lost Malcolm Butler. We'd lost we'd lost a Dory, Dory, a Dory Jackson was out of this game. Um, Lashawn Sims. Um, so you yeah we've got yeah we we'd signed um, his name's escaped me. Brock Brock. Thank you. Um, and yeah we've got Ty Smith playing sort of as a, as a starter. Um, Ty Smith ended up being one of PFF's highest rated players of the week. Oh, he's a backup, really, um, and has come in and, and, and done a job. So uh, actually, uh, again, credit to the coaching and credit to Dean Pease, Mike Brabel, every, everybody involved. We've got the best out of the situation where you look at the depth chart and you're thinking this is this could be iffy today. Yeah, well, and Ty, and, yeah Ty, it, Ty, it was Ty for a time. Is, but... Ty Smith is not only a backup, he's probably third string. I mean, LaShawn Sims is arguably more of a backup. Um, yeah, yeah. He's come in and played out of his skin. I mean, the, the fum, forced fumble on Sunday for Jalen Brown's uh, pick six, or not pick six, but a touchdown. The, yeah, all, all of that is, you know, it was down to him, the, the you know, running in the, the blocked punt the week before. You know, he's really played, he's really stepped up, and that's, that's all you can ask for, really. I think Brock had a, uh, dare, dare I say, a bit of a, a dodgy first half, but I didn't really see too much more after that. Um, their touchdown, where uh, I can't remember the, guy, the guy's name, um, the one we had on the, the practice squad about a year ago, um, where he was just left with pretty much half of Oakland to run into. Um, he, yeah, that was that was. I was worried at that time. I was thinking if they're going to take some deep shots, I don't fancy the secondary at the moment. The second half was just defensively was was exactly what we wanted. Um, I think, as you mentioned, whether it was a kick out the backside or actual adjustments, we'll, we'll probably never know. But the fact that they can go from being that bad to that good is, you know, just shows how good that defense actually is. 
the, the fact. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I saw someone that wide open. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, that, that's I... that's one play. I mean, it, it yeah. it's it would be easy to panic about it, but actually, I think when you look at it, it was. Um, I, I'm, I'm turning. I'm a bit worried about my own mind here. I'm, I can't remember the guy's name. Patriots, ex-Patriots cornerback, one of our best players this year. Logan, Logan Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I, th- I think that was part, actually partly on him rather than, rather than some of the, some of the yeah, other less experience. So, it was just a miscommunication, I think. Um, I don't think... I, I, just one of, those, one, of those, one of those plays who was a bit of a freak, I guess. But obviously, when, when you see it happening and how sluggish they started in the first half anyway, it was still a fit. I was still thinking... Oh, like this is this is going to be one of the, one of those days where you know even though we look good on offense, we're going to keep conceding points, and it's going to be a lot closer than it should have been. Uh, and it was that until half time, and that's why with Ryan Suckup missing the field goal, I was so frustrated because I was like, could have gone in, albeit only three points ahead. Um, it was a you know what? another within within fifty for Ryan Suckup that's been missed, and that's a concern for me as well. Let's well let's talk about that quickly. If I mean we've we've signed. Um, the hybrid between Cairo Santos and Ryan Suckup. Um, right, um, right, what's his name? What's wrong with me? And, help, and help. <laughs> Ryan Santos. No more uh, quizzes. No more quizzes. Oh, I'm just trying to think. <laughs> what happens when you take a week off, Adam? Yeah, it could be. Could be. I was, I was more going to say, sure that you've not been to the pub because <laughs> maybe that's what i need i haven't i haven't touched a drop of alcohol today maybe that's the problem but yeah we we've, we've signed him because we're concerned about yeah we're obviously concerned about suck up and probably suck up from a distance um let's not forget that he hasn't missed an extra point in like since he's, i don't think since he's come back here we had six extra points we had six more a couple of weeks ago um so he's from short range, he looks okay. Although he seems to be pushing him left of centre, I've noticed as as he did with that field goal he missed running up to half time. But if if he if he apparently hadn't kicked from in warm ups from outside of forty yards, and that field goal at half time is four forty two, why isn't um thank oh Santoso? What's his what's his name? Ryan Santoso. Thank you. <laughs> This is getting worse. The fact that we had, why why didn't we use him for that kick if that's why he's there? I think forty two is probably. I think he's... Sorry, I was going to say forty two is probably in the region where he's he's probably going to get it, or they probably think he's going to get that. I think anything up to probably late forties or fifties, they're probably going to get Santoso in there. I mean, it was fine margins. He he obviously doinked it. Wasn't a case that he missed it completely but when when we'd um we had what 50 seconds left on the clock and we basically p- drove it all the way down and put it into not just field field you know, goal range but actually comfortable you would say for for i mean suck up historically has always been regulation within 50 it was a you know how much how, how many in a row he had a few years ago he had that incredible insane record of um of, of you know within 50 in a row and that's that's kind of what. So when you're in 50, you fancy you suck up to take it. But I don't know. It was it was just one of those at the time where again it just took the wind out of the sails a little bit. And um, but luckily, second half we adjusted well. Yeah. I think also Santoso has been brought on mainly for those kickoff opportunities. They just want it through the end zone. Um, you see that a lot more now with with teams just wanting to put it through to not risk that big return. Um, and. 
I said on the, the group chat that we have is that you expect um, Suckup to get it through that range, to get it in 42 yards. And I just think he's lacking confidence at the moment. I don't quite know how what's going on in his psyche. Obviously, none of us do. But you, you expect him just to put it in through that range and to be comfortable. For a while, he was leading the league with, I think it was 40-something, like Greg said, made field goals under 50. And you, you just don't expect him to miss it. Um, luckily, like in the second half, we obviously managed to come back. But getting that three-point cushion into the, to the half would have been a, a real nice blessing for sure. Sorry, it's sorry, Neil. Go on. I was just going to say, I think I think the biggest the biggest probably praise you could give to to the coaching staff is like we're, we're saying we're coming up with so many names here just in conversation, like Sasanto, so Ty Smith, Josh Kalou, Blasting Game, that are just nobodies. But the buying into Vrabel, Dean Pease, Arthur Smith's system, and they're coming and making key plays in games, not just being a guy on the end of the roster. Every single person under this regime, and, and we've all been critical of this regime, and, and I will continue to do so if I feel we need to. But from 1 to 53, every single player is emboldened because the field have got a role to play. It's incredible how quickly things change. I forget, forget Marcus into Tannehill for a moment. Just the confidence that we all now seem to have in the entire coaching staff. Like it, it's, it beggars belief. Like if the way the way we're talking, we had we had Simon on a few weeks ago, who's defending Mike Brabel, and we're all thinking this guy's mad. Um, well, you know, it it just it looks dreadful. We're questioning big calls in every single game in the early part of the season. Now, something settled. I don't, I don't know if there's been a change. If uh, Brabel himself has sort of. Sat, him, well, sat himself down? Does that work? I think it's the play calling for me that's making the big difference. On the offence, obviously, especially. We we had, I mean, Arthur Smith calling baffling calls earlier this year and it just wasn't it just wasn't working well, it wasn't working out. And now every every big down, every third down or, or every you know, down in the red zone he's not calling stupid plays. He's he's actually doing the plays that you can even if it doesn't quite work, you can understand why why he's called them. Uh, which I think is is the biggest change. I mean, look, we, we were talking, what was it week six or whenever it was that we played Denver? Week five, week six, when we played Denver and we got shut out, and we just it was. I know that was the you know the whole benching of Mariota game and and whatnot, but even the yeah you know, the play calls that we were seeing in that game, we were all whinging about it. We we're all saying about how bad it had been, and and that's when we were kind of half calling for for heads at times. But he, I don't know if it's just experience. I think it's just he's had. Now, what's this week? What's this? Uh, what Thirteen games in that he's he's completed now, and I think it's just the fact he's, he's just getting more comfortable being able to, to call plays. And maybe in the beginning of the season when he hadn't done that so much, he was just maybe I don't know panicking or not calling the right the right plays. I don't know what it was, but he's doing it right and he's doing it well. And we finally got a, an offense that can execute what he's calling. I think Vrabel and Tannehill really works, if I'm honest, because I think. Tannehill's at a stage in his career now where he hasn't got the weight of a franchise on him where 
every time he throws a pass, people are having a referendum on whether it's the future QB or whether it can carry him to a Super Bowl. And I think that's what he had in Miami, especially for the first four or five years. I mean, they took him eighth overall and they're a big expectant fan base. And I think Vrabel's also, he's kind of lost some shackles of the fact that he's not developing a QB anymore. That's not part of his remit. It's just He's just trying to win games and coach. There's no, let's find out if Marcus is the guy. It's we've got an experienced QB. Ooh, let's 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 face it now. Tannehill's at a stage of career. I likened him to Matt Hasselback, where there's like he don't give a rat's ass now. He's he's not interested in whether he's the future. He's just going out and playing playing football. There isn't that sort of burden or expectation on either of them anymore. And I think it's showing. I don't know if you guys agree. Well, what, whatever's well, motivating him... Tannehill, it's working. And <laughs> whatever's doing it. His, his attitude's spot on. Right, I just think it. he always played with massive pressure in Miami. They they always think they're better than what they are. And they always, like I say, it seemed to be a referendum every every off-season on whether Ryan Tannehill could take Miami forward. And I don't think he's got that in Tennessee. Well, it, it might it might happen. Well, let's, let's look at this because the team are supposedly in discussions with him about extending the contract. And as it, as it, as it stands, he's a free agent next year. I mean, he should, should he get a big contract? Should he get some sort of smaller contract? Yeah. I mean, it makes, it makes, is now the right time to do it? It makes me worried really. Um, I was chatting to my cousin who lives in Nashville and he was like, oh, I'd be quite comfortable with a three year, 70 mil contract. Um, fairly incentive based, but still enough guarantee money that we can still get out of it in the third year um we've got logan ryan up for contract we've got henry up for contract who we've not started discussions with as well um we've got a lot of free agents you know before the year we also had we've got conklin as well i think who we've not picked up the fifth year before the year we had bayard as well who we've obviously solved a contract with we've got a lot of money going into this free free agency slash contract renewal um, Tannehill, I think, is a fantastic quarterback. I wouldn't have said that in week one. You know, stone me cold on that one. But I think he is a, is, is a great quarterback. He's the leader of this team. You saw that in that tackle against uh, Hurst. You see that in the way that he's lead the, led the team the last couple of uh, weeks as well. Will the next three weeks probably decide him? Yes. Is that unfair? Yes, definitely. He's done a, a lot more. I personally think that Mario has the last little while. I I know a lot of fans will probably sh- shoot me down for that, but I I I love Mario. I've got a couple of his jerseys and everything like that. But I think he's done a lot more for this team in the short time that he's been um, a starter for them as a QB. Does he deserve the massive contract that we see with other quarterbacks? No, he's he's not proven beyond a six game stretch by the time that the season's over. That's my opinion. 70 mil, three years, I'd be delighted with. Whether we're going to get that, I highly doubt it. Um, I think it'll probably end well, up... That, that might be why they're discussing it now, rather than mm-hmm. leaving it. Um, is, that's my yep. impression. I think we're also, we're also we're talking about a guy here who's agent actively seeked out teams with vulnerable starters. I don't think his agent's going to bend over. I think by the sounds of things that I've mm. read, his agent's quite quite astute quite clever and so is Tannehill as well actually um yeah but I mean 
to me, I, I have the argument of just saying, what more could we have asked for from Tannehill? Like, since he's come in and we've gone on this crazy run with him, and even the defences, I mean, other than, what, did we get Simmons partway through when Tannehill started? But other than that, the defence suddenly feels like revitalised as well. He's, he's, I'm not saying he's carrying the team, because that's the wrong phrase. He's lifting this team up. He's literally came in, and since he's come in, we've been having positive podcasts Twitter doesn't seem like a nasty place. It's still nasty, but not that nasty. Oh, it is. It's still... Oh, yeah. it's, it's an awful place. But the Irish Titans swear a little bit less sometimes, and it's more positive ones. Um, but he's come in, and he's, he's, he's made a difference to this team. Now, if we came around and gave him... I don't think he's going to get a silly contract. I don't think it's going to be like what they've done with um, like Cam Newton or anyone like that. But would anyone complain if we gave him a really good contract? Like I get the understanding that we could bring someone in, from and we can draft someone in, and but if you're drafting a new quarterback, who else do you want to there to sort of guide them through how to lead a team and how to bring a team up and fight for themselves? I, I think I think we definitely need to offer him something, and we need to really try and ride what we've got going. Right. Here's here's my here's my thoughts. So we're we are riding that wave right now. Mm-hmm. We're in the Tanner Thrill era uh, era. We're 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 riding it, and I'm all for riding it. I'm all for rolling with it. I'm all for whilst whilst it's good, it's going to be good. But is Ryan Tannehill another potential Nick Foles? Is he one that can ride that wave, take a team very very far, and then get a new contract, albeit with a different team, and then look a shadow of that that quarterback that they were they were rolling with? And then it's a slightly different scenario. I appreciate because obviously this is you know him going as a, basically a backup with the Eagles to whatnot, but. Um, my only concern with going and giving him all the money in the world and saying, right now, now you're our starter, and even if we go and draft someone high up in the uh, in the draft, is that you're you're putting a lot of capital into someone who has shown the potential in six, seven games so far. Obviously, we've still got the last three plus when we get to the Super Bowl, um, but so far we've we've seen it in a very short stretch. And my my big concern is that I wouldn't put all our eggs in that basket. I would be concerned if we if if he ended up going and getting a contract elsewhere. I think obviously we we wouldn't want to rebuild again. But you know, Neil Phil Rivers is still available, so you know, <laughs> <laughs> always not, always not. <laughs> but but genuinely, I I I would worry for if we were to if we were to get him on a deal that you know is makes sense commercially and financially, and it isn't just mm-hmm. throwing money at him because he's on this on this on this wave that we're all on at the moment. Um, then I'd be happy if it was if it was a, the right deal, but I think I agree with Neil. I think his agent is is probably going to be very shrewd, and I think Tannehill also will probably sit there thinking, "Hold on a minute, I'm playing out my skin. I've won six out of seven, I think is it? I think whatever it is now, um, which is for us is consistency that we've never really seen, and he's going to sit there and, and demand to be to be paid. I'm sure. So it'll be very interesting to see how it pans out. I wouldn't put all my eggs in the basket right now, though. That's, I think there is a huge potential that he could come back next year and not quite have that that you know that wave that we're currently riding. And if he doesn't, then all of a sudden you've got a very expensive mistake. And it is young enough as well. Is young enough for, to have a big contract at 31. Is young enough for like a big five-year contract. And is also young enough at 31 for us to not draft anybody because you, you can't you can't draft a rookie highly in the second or early third or even back end of the first and say you sat behind a 31-year-old starter who we've just given five years 100 million to. You can't do that. It doesn't work. 
yeah, yeah, if he I, if he I, got a I, massive I, deal, we wouldn't be drafting that kind of guy though. Yeah, and well, it, you, it couldn't, back, well, you couldn't my do point, it. My, my overall point I'm trying to make is it backs us into a corner. Mm. It backs into a corner if if we do do that deal with Tannehill, it takes a quarterback off the board for us completely. And then what if it does go flat? What if it does go off the rails? <clears throat> I, th- I think the best case scenario really for us is that we give him a loaded deal the first two years. Almost the the Patriots deal with Brady this year. They give him a three-year deal where he can opt out after a year. I mean, that's that's never been seen before. That that there's a the three-year deal, but Brady Brady kind of after a while it's null and void. If we manage to get something like that with Tannehill, where it's a three-year, four-year deal, but after two years, maybe there's not that much cap penalty against it. That would be perfect for us. And the, yeah. the way I see it, I think he's a superb quarterback. He's really led this team. He's really um, galvanised the rest of the players around him. Like we've said, we've talked about nobodies the rest of the week. Blasingale, or whatever his name is, caught the ball of the year, as far as I'm concerned, on a on a... Um, Will Compton, bless his heart, for the boys. <laughs> uh, but I mean, caught an absolute ball over him because of a perfectly thrown ball by Tannehill. If if we manage to catch him up by, you know, two years fully guaranteed or whatever it takes, and then the next two years after that is free game, then maybe not this year we look for a quarterback in the draft, but the year after we look for that Mahomes type yeah. project. I'm I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine with us doing exactly exactly that. And if we go, if, okay, yeah, 2020 is a deep QB draft, whatever. They're, they're, there's always somebody. Um, if if Tannehill's got that kind of deal and we roll with him into next year and, yeah, okay, Marcus won't be the backup at that point. It might be someone else, whoever it is, fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, but, yeah, I share Neil. I share Neil's concerns about kind of going all in. But you know, equally, look at the guys who've got those massive deals. You had Stafford, mm-hmm. Derek Carr. Um, they've all been proven starters. You might not. You might not necessarily rate Derek Carr right now. Fine, but he he'd been the Oakland starter for four or five years, whatever it was, on his his rookie deal, and that's just the timing of a contract. And Tannehill hasn't been that. Uh, he's been. He's, def- he's definitely worth a punt. I think he's 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 someone Tannehill on the uh, the form he's on and the way that he has tr- you know transformed this team. I think he's worth. He you know he, they're going to give him a contract. There's no doubt about it. They're not going to go and and offer something on the table that he's just going to automatically be like that's that's pennies and and that's that. They will offer him something and it will be something good. I just hope it isn't something that's too much too much of a stretch so that yeah because we, in a year's time we could be week 13 and next year uh not having a great season Tannehill the magic has all of a sudden dropped off and we're sitting there with a quarterback who's going to get you know guaranteed however many millions for the next three four years because we've signed him to that deal I kind of agree with Harry a little bit of round um you know if we were able to kind of get a deal for the next couple of years because if we are planning to to draft a quarterback this year or maybe three years if we we're going to wait for someone next year then that's absolutely fine but I yeah I wouldn't put all our eggs in that basket, even with the the way that we're playing at the moment and how well we're playing, and even though he has turned us from a team that was playing Denver and getting shut out to a team that was you know has scored thirty points uh, plus in the last four games is it or three four games? I mean that was unheard of at the start of the season. 
I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in the camp now that obviously I, I want Tannehill over Rivers, uh, which a few weeks back probably weren't the case. But <laughs> I'd be sending for the straight jackets. I think a few words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, 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 I actually don't think I actually don't think Philip Rivers is as risky as Ryan Tannehill. I actually think there's less risk involved because of his age. You can only well, he give him wouldn't so get, long. He wouldn't get that kind that, of exactly. You can yeah, only give him so idea, long okay. a contract anyway. Whereas Tannehill is a well, he's in his prime. Let's just say, let's just say he's in his prime yeah. at 30, 31. So he is he is looking for that that last big contract. With that Rivers, last five six year with Rivers, you, yeah, you could get him on a one year deal. But then think of all the Zimmer frames you got to buy the guy. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a lot of money. <laughs> and uh, Zimmer frames yeah. and uh, crest, the schools, all the kids, and the bedrooms, and you know, yeah, the, yeah, the school <laughs> runs are the school runs. <laughs> You'd have to have loads of time off. It's just not ideal. Yeah, but maybe Dion Lewis would turn into Austin Eckler, and everything would be yeah, fantastic. I don't think I don't think that's where this team's going. I don't, right, I don't, I don't see Dion Lewis here next year, either, realistically. <laughs> let's look shorter term. Texans coming up. Um, the Titans are on Sky Sports, which has mixed reaction, as, you, as you'd expect. Um, now, yeah, we're going to have to listen to Neil Reynolds talk about the Tennessee Titans in the commercial breaks. Um, the mute button is available. But uh, that said, 6pm, Jim... Uh, but, oh, we'll Romo. love you, Neil. Neil, we love you. You can we come on any time you want. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just stick I, one mute on here as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love you as well, don't get me wrong. Um, that's that's where we are, because that's that's how relevant the Titans now are. Titans against Texans, two 8-5 teams. It's Code Blue in Nashville. We're we're going to boss them in the same way we've bossed other teams in recent weeks. That's how I see it. This offense, oh, yes. I don't, I don't see the Texans dealing with us. There you go. That's that's confidence. They've got. It might, it... I wasn't expecting. <laughs> I wasn't expecting the confidence. Um, took me by surprise. There. First of all, great that we're on Sky Sports. Second, uh, prime time game for us in the UK. Uh, means that we all get to go to our local pubs, if you so wish, and, and have a couple of jars whilst watching it, um, which is fantastic for us. I, I think it, we're going in as, as favourites in a home home stadium. Um, I think it'll be very close. I think a couple of uh, things to watch out for, maybe on the injury report, Dory Jackson again, whether he's going to be fit, whether Kenny Vaccaro with his concussion from Sunday, is fit once again as well. Um, and Will Fuller for the Texans. Uh, we were talking before about a real Jenga piece, whether he's fit. Um, without him, I don't think their offence really functions as well as it wants to. Um, I'd feel a lot more confident if Will Fuller's not playing um, to the game. I I think we'll come out with a win. I don't know really how much miles probably you're the the most optimistic out of all of us so we're, we'll probably shoot you and then greg to shoot us down afterwards but um <laughs> the negative one. Oh, here comes the positivity you can hear it winding up in the background we are going to continue to win as i've been saying for the past three weeks i am not drinking at all this week i'm fully sober and we're going to batter the texans we're not even going to we're not even going to have a worried first half. Our defense is just going to come out solid. They're not going to be soft. They're going to get in Hopkins' face. They're going to make Watson spin around, and he's not going to know where he is. And we're going to we're going to batter him all over the pitch for sixty minutes. Greg, go ahead. 
so this game for me depends on our secondary. I think if we can get players back, uh, Adori especially, I think we we stand a very very good chance. Um, but I do worry if Fuller is back and they've got Hopkins that against that some of the secondary that we saw in the first half against the Raiders. Uh, I would be slightly more concerned. I still think we'll win this game. I really do. I think we'll win twenty four seventeen. If I had to make a prediction, I oh, think it will. It will be. It will be a a nervy slugfest and one that we will. I, I personally won't enjoy until it's finished <laughs> because I don't. I never enjoy any Titans game until it's finished. Just, well, unless it's, we lost and then I don't enjoy it this again. Um, I th- but I think there's a good. There's a good chance. Listen, the offense is rolling at the moment, and I don't think they'll have as much joy as they m- might have had. Um, in some of the previous games, especially Raiders uh, and the Jags, but I think we'll get enough to, to get over the line and, and you know, win the game by by a score. I agree with Greg totally there. I think it'll be a tight, tense win. Uh, I think we will win, which I'm, I'm happy to say, but I think it'll be tight, tense. I think we've just got to accept the fact that if we had Darrell Reeves on one side at field and Deion Sanders on the other, DeAndre Hopkins is getting 180 and two scores. I think we've just got to accept that, <laughs> regardless. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's just going to be a tight win. This, this, this game, but they, they'll be just as worried about our threat and yeah. AJ Brown as 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 we will about Hopkins. And they they're no longer. It felt like every single year it's JJ Watt and Davion Clowney. You know, those days are gone. Where Their are defense they? isn't They've what it nothing. was. They're yeah. better without JJ Watt, and that's a fact that they don't like to accept. It kind of, it kind of, the, the, the seem to to play freer without JJ Watt. Which I mean, obviously, an expert on Texans will probably tell me I'm wrong, but from <laughs> things I read and things I hear and things I see, the defense seems to be more productive. I think the last couple think, of seasons. That, yeah, as that beating heart of the the defense, JJ Watt definitely is that, isn't he? You know, there's no way of of coming against that, but. Yeah, I think as, as that unit, you, you saw that almost with, with our secondary this week just gone, that we were down on numbers, we really struggled, so we all had to pull together. Whereas with the, with the Texans, as soon as they're without JJ Watt, as soon as they traded Clowney, they've all had to pull together and, and get that that ethos almost of, ah, oh, come on lads, we got to we, we got to work together now. Um, I'm a little and, bit worried. And Drew Locke and the Broncos destroyed them. Yeah, a, I, I don't know how much of a, uh, uh, how much of notice we can really take to that. Whether that was just uh, they kind of coasted into the game, almost pre-prepping for us, thinking, "Ah, oh, this will be a walkover kind of gag." We've we've fallen into the same trap trap before, where we go into a game thinking, "Ah, oh, well, we got to look ahead to the next game." There's so many games that we can think of in the past where we think, "Oh, this will be easy enough. We'll just blow past these and we'll be grand." Whereas I'm I'm seriously worried about this game and their secondary, their defense, and things like that. Yes, AJ, Corey, and and Henry can do some serious damage, but and and Humphreys as well. But I'm I'm a little bit worried. I'm not going to lie to you, lads. The, the main concern, Harry, is Harry you've main... been drinking. You've been drinking. We haven't. You know, yeah, we're, you're we're talking nonsense. <laughs> my my main concern for this game. My main concern for this game is how how fit Derek Henry is. Because the he he was struggling against the Raiders in that in that second half. He there was one where he he got even got through to get a first down, and he just didn't have any power coming, just because he just had nothing left in in those uh, in those hamstrings to power himself forward. So I really I, I hope and that more than anything that he is he's available and available you know to the full extent um, because he 
without him, the running game is is very questionable. I think there's no doubt about that. Um, so we need him, and we need him available. The second one, the other thing I really want to see, and and, I'll, and, and this is because it's on, not only because it's on Sky Sports over here in the UK, but also because it's a game that I think is being watched nationally, uh, watched nationally across the US, and everyone will be keeping an eye on. Is I would love to see Tannehill just massively outperform Watson because Watson gets so much press and gets so many people saying about how amazing he is. He can do this, he can do that. He can get a black eye, and you know the sun shines out his arsehole. But for me. I would love to see Tannehill just go and massively out outperform the guy, and and we want, all I want to hear then the following week is just how Tannehill is going to lead the Titans to the Super Bowl because he's got the, he's got the potential to go away and do that, and I get fed up with listening about how Watson is just superhuman. Yeah. We're, 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 also... We've discussed this before with with quarterbacks, particularly around the time that Mariota were benched, and Deshaun Watson's above that fashionable line, isn't it? He's above, he's above that line of fashionable quarterbacks where they can have three or four inconsistent games where they look totally ordinary, and the first time they have a good game, it's media frenzy. It's just one of that. He's like a made man, if you if you if you get what I mean. Okay, right. Ignore Harry. We're all confident it's going to be fine. Um, <laughs> let's 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 end the end the podcast the only way we know how with some some non Titans related stuff. I'm going to kick off because. I may mention a Christmas present to someone in this household who's currently out of earshot, and I'm worried that may change. Um, Quality Street, everybody's favourite chocolates. Did oh, you know? Right, okay. Here, hear me out. What's the main issue with Quality Street? Greg, I'm asking you a question here. What's your problem with Quality Street? They are just absolutely dreadful. There's okay. <laughs> like, well, like one or two maximum in there that, uh, that taste. Ah, that, right. That, there you go. There you go. One or two in uh, there. Have you got one of these one of these boxes that only has the ones that are nice? Uh, you, can go, you can go to John Lewis in Oxford Street and have a tin of Quality Street filled up with whatever you want. What heroes? And I, I have got... Yeah, <laughs> well, well done. I have got um, Mrs. F, a tin of entirely orange crunch quality streets which are our favorite and oh, she's got yeah. no idea it's coming nice so you wonder if john, other... if john lewis and leeds has got them or uh, like yorkshire pudding flavor or something like that <laughs> check well they've they've got a list of stores that are doing it on their website and i discovered yeah. the oxford street one was doing it so i went there today and yeah it might have cost me 12 quid to get a tin <laughs> with what i wanted in it but you know and i'll yeah, spend it's... That's yes, better than that... 10,000 toffees. 10,000 toffees when all you need is a green triangle. That's what Morissette drop. 12 quid's a lot of money. I mean, that's like 14 pints where uh, Harry lives. <laughs> <laughs> and he would know after tonight. I've drank every single one of them. All oh, right. <laughs> Barrel's dry. And he's not any poorer for it either. Look at, look at that smiling face. <laughs> Right, yeah, just to get my Quality Street plug in. I'm done with that. Um, <laughs> who wants to go next? I'll go. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to make this political at all. Um, obviously, we're in the UK. General election tomorrow. Just use your vote. I don't care who you vote for. I won't hold it against anybody. Just use it. Don't sit on your hands and then say, this is wrong, that's wrong, and others wrong. Use your vote. And that's the end of my uh, little rant. I like that. Yes. Well, yes. You can't, you can't not vote and then complain about the outcome. 
absolutely. Yeah, use it. It's there, use it. Mm. I'm not sure I like what. Well, no, I'm not going to go. I'm not going <laughs> to. Now, now, now. Done, 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 done. Okay, Harry. Um, non titans uh, related. Yeah, so I have the unfortunate task every year of meeting my mum up at a random time in December where we're both off, usually on a Thursday, which is tomorrow, um, to go to the Christmas markets in Birmingham, have a few beers, which is obviously fine. Um, but also hand over Christmas presents. Now, the one thing that my company doesn't take into consideration when we do this is paydays. So we're obviously meeting tomorrow, and payday is Friday. So how am I going to buy family presents and also have a selfishly good time when I have no money in my bank account? This is a serious issue that plagues me every single year. It's not necessarily a rant for major corporations that pay on normal days of year, but I work on a full weekly basis and it's massively annoying. So uh, that's my main rant at the moment is that I don't know how to buy my family gifts um, and also get drunk the way that I want to when I see my ma. Not necessarily that my ma is a bad person, but uh, getting drunk is <laughs> the situation. This, this, is the time the where, uh, this is the time of year where money just disappears though, isn't it? Yeah, I, it's just so annoying. Luckily, I I went to go by my mum. We're doing like a her hamper between my me, myself and my partner. So we bought a like tonic gin, chocolates, bath stuff. You know, just random mum stuff. And um, I I broke the bottle of gin like fifty yards outside of the the shop, um, which is, oh, no. is romantically named Bainsbury's. If anyone knows the um, brand, and um, Sainsbury's luckily said, look, if you can find the barcode on the bottle that you broke outside, we'll we'll give you a new bottle for free. Thank God I managed to find the bottle <laughs> and the barcode. So I, I really got quite lucky there. I could um, have a rant about Jim, but I'll save that for next summer. There we go. There we go. But yeah, <laughs> overall, it's been, uh, I don't know, just this time of year is a, a ball ache with money, isn't it? You love Big it, time. but you hate all of them one. Wait till you got two kids, mate. That's all I can say. Bloody hell. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where the sympathy runs out. Wait until, wait until you've got a joint account and then you don't even realise you've got money. Yeah, that's true. Just, it's literally oh, yeah. just a case. It's like, oh, do, do I earn money still? Okay. Just turns into monopoly money when you're given pocket money every week. Joint account in name only, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Miles, um... What have you got? Yeah, no, no joint account here. I'm just, I'm young. Um, so, first of all, I just want to say, I tested the turkey and brown sauce fairy, and it is a bad fairy. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah, so I, I, that... I, okay, like, I listened to this podcast not, well, not knowing the whole thing behind it, and I assumed that, it was Owen, wasn't it? It wasn't sure, mm-hmm. it was Owen. It was, yeah. I assumed he was talking about gravy. Mm, I uh, did like, too, logically, I, I wish he was. Uh, yeah, and, and I, I asked him direct. <laughs> it turns out he wasn't literally talking about brown sauce. Madness. Madness. Yeah, any, anyone not... listen to home? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I don't know why, but I associate brown sauce with old people. I don't know why. It's just an old people thing, isn't it? Well, okay. uh, it, definitely, well, it definitely is in Yorkshire. Like, like it goes Bacon butties. Yeah, bacon butty and a pork pie. It doesn't really go outside <laughs> those realms. 
It's got to be yeah. red sauce rather than brown, though. I mean, yeah. No, I'm, no, no. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, you can't you. start this one. Oh, no. We're, yeah. we're on the north and yeah. south divide again. We're doing this. Right. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm no, with no, you guys. No. I'm, I'm having brown sauce. Brown all day long. Um, before we all end up in an argument, I'll move on. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Wife's just popped to Red Rant, though, and she says she likes brown sauce on cheese on toast. Oh, I love cheese on toast. No, I can't do it. Disgusting. Right. Um, What's so... the sauce? That's what you should use. Anyway, go on. Sorry, Miles. No, it's perfectly fine. So my annoyance was, and I've noticed it more and more, obviously, you notice it in the wintertime, of so many people coming up to you saying, oh, I wouldn't get too close. Me and my whole family are ill. <laughs> and it's like, why are you telling me this? Why do I need this information? Because now I'm going to be in blind panic for the next two weeks, thinking I'm going to be ill. Get myself on a course of medication just to make sure I don't get a cold or something. But I've just, there's so many people just walking around going, oh, I'm sorry, I've been ill all week. Me and my family are all ill. I shouldn't get to it. And I'm not like, why are you telling me this? Mine was quick and easy. It's it's funny you should say that because last week I had a lot of, like, at my office window, I take equipment off people who have been in fridge doing the job. And countless amount of times people have come to window. I'm going home because I've had diarrhea. And then they pass me this this headset, what's been near the mouth. Like, yeah, you'll take that off me. Oh, thank you. Uh, At least it's been near the mouth. Yeah, but obviously we've got them things like in hospitals with um, gel, but. Um, it's not nice. Yeah, I've had cold. I'm going home. Yeah, take all this stuff that I've been breathing on. <laughs> that time of year, Every, everyone's ill with something, but they just want to tell me, and, and I'm like, I, I don't care if I, I just know. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg, take us, take us home. Oh, save, save me for last. Uh, mine's mine's really quite boring and unimpressive. So I'm I'm very much the kind of person. I hate buying things that I don't end up utilizing too much or things that I have to go to a shop that I don't really want to go to like a Poundland or something where I was like I couldn't think of anything worse than having to walk around there to buy and one, and one thing that I, I always every single year think yeah I need to buy one of these uh, is basically a car scraper so it's getting cold in the morning uh, the last uh, this week's not been too bad but I think last week there was about two or three days where it was where I live cover car just covered in ice and I still, and I have done for the last probably three years, have carried around an expired credit card or bank card in my wallet purely for the, for the time oh. that I could then chisel ice off of my car using it. And it's been in my wallet ever since. And I've literally had it there for about three. I've actually changed wallets and still kept it in there just for when winter comes around. So get I can, an ice. Just, so I, yeah, I know. Yeah, get an ice scraper. They're, they're, they're like two quid. They're like two quid or not even that. But I just it's just one of those places that I'd have to go to a, to a shop that I don't really want to have to go to. So I never do. And I keep a, a, a credit slash debit card that's expired in my wallet just so I can chisel ice off my car. That's my Greg, very Greg. fun fun fact for the week is uh, basically I need to go to Poundland and buy one. But it's, yeah, do, do you like food? Yes. Okay. Do you shop for food? Yes, but no, no. See, I don't do this. I don't go to supermarkets because I, that's that's basically what my wife does. That's that's her. Because again, I have no patience walking around supermarkets. All right. Does does your wife love you? No. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, le- you'll learn this when she's on the podcast in the next week or two. <laughs> no, it's one of those things. Right, it's despite, just... her, despite her not loving you, <laughs> ask her nicely to buy you an ice scraper when she next goes to Waitrose or no. wherever you go shopping. It's just one of those things. You, we, we always sit. I always sit there and be like, oh, I need to buy one of them, and then she's like, okay, cool, yeah, no worries. And then about a week passes, and I'm just like, still haven't got one. And oh, then all of a sudden, and then now, now I'll get to a point where it, 
I'll actually, the next time I remember to get one, it will end up being like March or April, and I'll be like, there's no point now. Summer's coming. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I'll think about it again. Yeah. Price then, though. Yeah, yeah. Think about that. Here's on. a suggestion, though. Why don't you just get a Clio, right? Because you don't have to scrape your car if it doesn't run. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> That's, good. That's a very good point. If it doesn't run, you don't have to scrape it. You just, like, walk to work or something. Yeah. <laughs> good point. I mean, I don't uh, scrape the wall. Save so much money on petrol as well, I guess. It's like that gift with that guy tapping his head. You don't have to scrape a car that doesn't run. It's one of those things. There's, there's loads of stuff like this. Um, I do, I, like, I just always say, like, oh, yeah, I need to go and get one of those. And just never, ever remember. So even if I do it, I have a very rare uh, appearance at a supermarket. Never crosses my mind. So, oh, yeah, I need to go to that aisle and go and get one of them. Never cross. I always just forget. Well, it's the sort of thing that they buy the till or when you first walk in, like, where the bottles of um, windscreen washer and stuff. They're, they're just everywhere. You can't, yeah. I can't move for ice scrapers. I basically have my ears. I want my supermarkets to be like Amazon, where it recommends things I actually potentially might want, rather than going to going to the, the checkout and just having loads of chocolate bars there. I'm like, no, I want it to recommend things that I've searched for. I.e., I know I need to buy an ice scraper. Put an ice scraper there for me. But unfortunately, well, it doesn't work like that. But uh, yeah, I just always forget completely, and then it gets to a point where I'm I'm now on my probably second or third bank expired bank card that's now being used to chisel ice off my car i only go to supermarkets at like 6am because i think oh there'll be nobody about no people but then like every aisle you go down some guy's working a pallet (laughs) (laughs) so So it's pretty much like uh, you've got to dodge people regardless of what time you go (laughs) yeah i I've, i've zero zero patience for supermarkets they're just especially this time of the year I remember I had to go once on Christmas Eve, and uh, I, I vowed never ever to go again. Yeah. I am grim. We need a transatlantic GoFundMe page so we can get you a scraper. <laughs> well, I'll chip yeah, in for you. There must be a Titans <laughs> branded, Titans there you branded go. ice scraper. Can you can you get one of them? That's that's a good point. That's a good point. It's not. It's don't. It's all right. It's not the cost. It's just a pure. Just just never ever remember to go and buy one. Uh, yeah. I've, I've, I'm. I think I'm all right for a one pound scraper. Just about. If it's okay, if I believe you, it's not about the cost. Otherwise, we'd set up a GoFundMe page for your ice yeah, cream. Yeah, no, I appreciate the thought, but no, that's absolutely fine on that side. It's more, <laughs> it's it's more just, I don't know. I, I, Harry, you buy it for you. Yeah, but Harry needs Harry needs one for his. <laughs> yeah, early on Friday. Hey, I, 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 now, I, I just don't want to come across as the alcoholic one of the group. Yeah, <laughs> I got excited when the Titans won Sky, so I could go to the pub. I went to the pub before today. You know, I've been to the pub many a times. This, I just don't want to turn to a theme that pub, 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 pub. It's, it's like when you're scouting a wide receiver, you don't only watch once. Yeah, you know you're going to draft him on Sunday, <laughs> but you've got to watch him two or three times before that, you see. Do you know, you know, exactly. like gambling adverts say, you know, when the fun stops, stop. I'm not sure. Do we legally have to say something about alcohol? Like, um, we don't want the fun to stop. Drink, drink responsibly. Yeah, drink responsibly. <laughs> always. Yeah. <laughs> the fun never stops. Never. No, <laughs> it definitely does. And the fun will continue on Sunday at six PM UK time. Right, let's let's end it there and look forward to another Titans victory and we'll be one step closer to that playoff berth. Did I just say that out loud? I'm really sorry, everybody. Uh mm-hmm. but yeah, we'll <laughs> we will be back next week to talk about whatever happens and more and Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. 
we will see you next week. It's on. Turn up. Danimania. It's on. Woo!